0: Hey everyone, it's Pacific, and this is Part 3 of SCP-1730. If you haven't listened to Parts 1 and 2, I highly encourage you to start there, and we'll be back next week with Part 4. That said, I have just a few quick messages before we get into this week's episode. First, you only have 4 days left to become a patron to get this month's postcards, buttons, stickers, and sticker sheets. These designs are exclusive to just this month, so... If you're interested in any of them, like our Animal sticker sheet, the SCP logo button, uh, the Disruption Class sticker, and a bunch of other fun stuff, you have until April 30th at 11pm Mountain Standard Time to sign up. Uh, And second, by the time you're listening to this, we'll actually have polls up on our Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Patreon where you can vote on this month's postcard design. And last but certainly not least, um, near the end of March, one of my patrons, uh, Emmett Ringo, reached out uh, asking for us to put a birthday wish in the show for him. Uh, I forgot Emmett's request, and it got buried deep underneath a pile of papers, so this was actually supposed to air two weeks ago. I am so very sorry, Uh, but Emmett says, Hey mom, sorry about my grades, and happy birthday. I love you. I hope you guys are having uh, a very wonderful i guess it's not quite summer break yet but soon i hope you guys are having a very wonderful summer break together and uh without further ado enjoy this week's episode
1: warning the foundation database is classified unauthorized access will result in detainment Within this archive, you'll find the procedures, descriptions, and accounts of the most notorious anomalies we've encountered to date. Secure.
2: Contain. Protect. Exploration Log 8 Team Mobile Task Force Apollo 3 Codename Game Wardens Assignment Site 13 Continues Exploration Lead Lead AP3 Ross.
3: Radio's live. Everybody good? Hang on. 60 seconds to insertion. Copy. Vigo, you
4: good? Yeah, I got it.
3: We said? we are good. Alright, stay cool, keep your lights on. If you see anything suspect, hit your visors and give everyone else the heads up. Remember, the internal topography of this place is unstable, so there's a pretty good chance we'll get separated. If we do, stay put until the place stabilizes, and somebody will come pick you up broadcasters if nobody's responding and shoot anything that moves unless it's one of us probably then definitely shoot
5: (laughs) 30 seconds to insertion
3: Houston you take lead our information suggests this entrance leads down a pretty long staircase but there shouldn't be any other doors we encounter until we hit the bottom so we should be more or less safe until we get there got it got it any other questions hollow you're quiet back there I'm Good, boss. Alright, that's well i like to hear.
4: Ten
5: seconds to insertion. Here we go. Game wardens, you are clear to begin operation. Let's roll.
0: Team enters SCP-1730. As expected, initial interior space is a long descending staircase. AP-3 Houston takes lead.
5: Team, we're monitoring you from here, but let us know if you hear, see, or experience anything unexpected. Copy.
0: Team descends for three minutes. Interior of SCP-1730 is unlit, with the only luminescence coming from the shoulder-mounted lights of the team.
4: How are we looking? Pretty good. We... I see a door up here. On the landing. I see it.
3: Alright, that's unfortunate. Houston, Vigo, keep an eye on our backs when we pass it.
0: Hang on. Team stops at a landing. AP3 Houston tries the door, but it is locked. There's air
4: blowing under the door here. See where the dust is kicked up?
3: Yeah, Vigo. Let's we'll see that thermal camera.
4: All right, hang on. Here it is.
3: Yeah, no, I
5: don't.
3: <laughs> Not even going to get in the fuck with that. Let's keep going. Team lead, you copy? Is everything
5: all right? Uh, yeah, we're good. Still descending. Affirmative. Just got some static, wanted to make sure you were good.
0: Team descends for two minutes.
4: Light, look.
3: Yeah, Command, there's a light up ahead. Might be our exit. Eyes open.
4: Shit! Whoa, what the fuck is that?
3: God damn it. Alright, Command, be advised that the bottom of the stairwell is just... missing. I don't know where the light we saw is coming from, but we go down about three more steps, and we're in some sort of void. I don't see a bottom to it.
5: Copy that. Hang tight, team. We're taking a look at this.
4: What if we drop something in it? See how far down it goes? I mean, I can see how far down it goes, and it sort of looks like forever.
5: Game Wardens, go ahead and proceed back up. We'll see about another insertion point. Damn it. It's all right, we'll
4: just- look. It's not a void, it's a liquid. It's just not reflecting light, like, at all. It's pitch black. Looks sort of like water. Hang on.
3: Yeah, we're not gonna fuck with that either. Command, how far are we to the bottom of this stairwell? One moment. You're about 15 meters below where we expected the stairwell to end. Stellar. The topography is off here. Let's head back up a
5: ways and see if we can find a different exit. Team lead, hold position for a moment. We're trying to determine your location right now.
4: Hey, Chief?
5: Hold on.
3: No, look, it's. Shut up, I'm. Shit. All right, fellas, time to go.
0: Black liquid begins to quickly rise behind MTF AP3. Team moves quickly up the stairwell in relative silence.
4: It's scanning on us. Fuck, come on. Jesus Christ, I. Ross! Help me grab Houston. Shit, don't... My legs. Fuck, fuck, fuck. My legs, I... There's another door up here. Hurry. Hang on.
0: Team enters door on the next landing. Door slammed closed. Holy
4: Jesus. What happened to his legs? Shit, Houston,
3: are you... I... Uh, wait.
4: What?
5: What's happening? Do you read us?
3: Yeah, sorry, Command. That all happened quickly. Houston fell coming up the stairs, and his legs got covered in that... stuff... And now they're just gone. One clean cut. Like, uh, they weren't there. I can
4: actually still feel them, guys. Like, I can see they're not there, but it doesn't hurt, and I think I can stand up. What. The. Fuck.
6: AP-3
0: Houston proceeds to stand up. They are missing their legs from the knee down, and appear to be floating, as if their legs were still there. AP-3 Vigo waves their hand underneath Houston's legs, which passes through the space unimpeded.
3: Weird. Alright, so there's that. You aren't hurting Houston? Nothing feels different. Okay, that's fucking crazy. Command, do we know anything about this? Negative. Alright, let's keep going then. Command, it looks like we're in a maintenance hallway or something similar. We got pipes running up and down the walls, gauges and such. It's pretty warm here.
4: There, on the wall. What happened to Site-13?
3: His recurring phrase that keeps showing up written on the walls here. Command, do we know that's not a meme? It
5: isn't. None of the studies we ran uncovered any anomalous effects related to that phrase. We're still not sure why we keep finding it, though.
3: Noted. Down this hall.
0: Team continues in silence for four minutes. During this time, AP-3 Ohalo's camera disconnects suddenly. This information was not promptly relayed to the task force.
4: There's something up ahead, see? There, at the corner. Is that a person? Approach with caution, Safety's off.
0: Team approaches target in silence. Upon reaching target, video feed shows a severely disfigured, rotted human corpse. Age unknown partially conjoined to the wall behind it. Several other spatial distortions are evidently nearby, such as the ceiling and the wall appearing to pull back into each other. But this is unnoticed by AP-3.
5: Oh shit, good to finally see a familiar face! Guys, it's Zachary! Team Lead, please be advised that you are under the effects of a powerful cognito hazard. We are attempting to upload a filter to your scramble visors. One moment.
4: Knock, <laughs> man, it's alright, it's just Zachary. We go
0: way back, don't we, buddy? AP-3 Vigo playfully punches the corpse, dislodging its jaw. The corpse does not respond.
3: Zachary, we're looking for some other people trapped in here. Do you know how to get to the lower levels? Shit. Okay, okay, so wait. What's below that?
4: Uh Uh-huh. Shit, he's right. Where's Ohalo?
0: The team turns. AP-3 Ohalo is not seen.
3: Ah shit, Zachary, stay here. Ohalo, do you read me? Ohalo, it's Ross.
5: Do you hear me at all? Command, where the fuck is Ohalo? That's uncertain, Team Lead. Be advised, the upload is complete. Please restart your visors for the filter to take effect.
3: There we go, what was it that- oh, gross. Man, there's a body in the wall down here. It looks like it's been fused into it, or... something. Our visors are taking like crazy, too. Acknowledged,
4: team lead. Proceed. Wait, look back there. You see shimmering? Is that gas? Looks like a gas leak. Oh, fuck no. Look at the floor and look behind it. Fuck! Fuck! Shit, oh hollow shit.
0: Approaching MTF-AP-3 is a shimmering, transparent, humanoid construct, apparently the source of the spatial anomalies in the area. As its feet touch the ground, the floor begins to warp within the space around them, stabilizing after the entity has passed by. AP-3 Ohala was seen hanging beyond the entity, though the nature of the agent is uncertain as the spatial anomaly they are caught in appears to be extremely severe and very few of their features can be made out. Ohalo is seen attempting to move slightly, but continues to be twisted by the anomaly as it moves.
3: Fucking shoot it, goddammit! Open fucking fire, shit!
0: MTF-AP3 fires on the entity. As the bullets approach, their trajectory changes and they twist and spin around the entity before falling harmlessly on the floor, or lodging themselves into the ceiling.
4: This isn't working, Chief. We... I fucking
0: arm, shit! AP-3 Vigo is seen turning and attempting to pull away from an unseen force. From AP-3 Houston's camera, a long, shimmering, transparent appendage is seen stretching towards AP-3 Vigo, abstracting the wall closest to it as it moves. It wraps around AP-3 Vigo's left arm, which begins to visibly distort.
3: Houston, the anchor. On
0: AP-3 Houston produces a miniature, portable, Scranton reality anchor, which they power on and lob towards the enemy. There's a flash of red light, and for a split second, the entity becomes visible as an extremely disfigured, grotesquely elongated humanoid, which exists for only a second before the spatial distortions surrounding it are anchored and violently reset, creating a massive pressure wave in the confined space. The team is momentarily incapacitated. AP-3 Vigo's left arm is bright red, but otherwise unscathed. AP3 Houston assesses it.
4: The color will go away. That's just the anchor cooling down. You good? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks. Jesus.
3: Hollow? Hollow? Are you there? Can any of you see a hollow?
4: Ross, here. Look
0: in the wall. As dust clears, AP-3O Hollow becomes visible, partially fused with the wall, ceiling, and floor across ten meters of hallway. The agent is unmoving.
4: A labyrinth twists. Minotaur is mad. The lake is clear. A halt is secret.
3: God. Command, dearie EB. Low. We read you, team lead. We've lost a hollow. They're in the wall.
5: Do you want us to proceed? One moment. Team lead, do you feel as if returning to the surface will be more dangerous than continuing your mission?
7: I...
3: I have no way of knowing that. We have no way of knowing what's in here. Everything in here is so fucked, it's incredible. I don't even know if we can get back if we wanted to. None of the other teams have, have they? That is correct. Honestly, whatever happens down here can't be any worse than whatever we'd see on our way back. Probably doesn't make a
5: difference. Whatever, let's keep going. Affirmative. Team lead, we are preparing another team to evacuate in the event that you reach your target. Insertion time is in four hours.
3: You're sending another task force in here? What idiots volunteered for that gig? Samsara. Oh. Alright. Cool, I copy.
0: Team continues on for a short time, unimpeded. They pass through several other areas, including a ransacked infirmary, a cafeteria space melted into slag, and a wing of containment units identified as Olympia-class that are no less than 100 meters in height. Eventually... The team enters a room off of the main hallway that appears to be a telecommunications center. A single television is illuminated on the wall across from them.
3: This is weird. Stay cool, guys. Search this room. See if there's anything we can collect they could use topside.
4: These terminals have power. I'll collect a backup.
0: There's a sound on the other end of the room, like static. Vigo and Houston move towards the illuminated television. Is something broadcasting through this? The screen flickers, and an image appears. The interior of a standard containment cell is shown, though it is devoid of any comforts or belongings. A single red light behind the camera is on, poorly illuminating the space. A long figure is seen huddled in the corner. Hang
4: on, what is that? Holy shit, it is. What is it? It's Bobble the fucking Clown.
0: At the mention of its name... The figure in the corner looks towards the camera.
4: What? What do
8: you want? Who is it?
3: Jesus. My name is Carter Ross. I'm an agent with the... Actually, hang on. Who are you?
0: The figure shifts sideways, and more of its body becomes visible through the darkness. The red light illuminates its eyes, though little else of the figure can be made out.
8: Can smell you even from here. You don't know that though. They did, but you're not like them. They went to great lengths to figure that out. They knew. They know. They will know. Mm.
3: The teammate said you're Bobble the Clown. Is that right?
0: The figure slides slowly across the wall of the cell, just out of range of the red lights. Its movements are noticeably erratic. It comes closer to the camera.
8: They had a number for me once when I was Bobble, but, but your friends family. didn't like the numbers. Said so we identified with the Bobble. numbers. Hmm. I am not uh, Bobble, but I am I a thing that used to be Bobble. You're not where you're supposed to be, gun buddy. You don't match the air in here. You're all out of place, just like I am, just like we are.
3: Uh-huh. What happened here?
8: Dr. Emerson played a tricky little game with the strings of the universe. He walked on them like a tight rope, and was surprised what he found. Tricky little Emerson and want full boxes. No, no, no. He wanted boxes full of ideas. Ideas like pain, horror, death. He worked very hard to stack those boxes on a string and broke the whole thing. And we all came tumbling down with him.
3: How many other entities are in here? What else do you know?
8: How many? How many entities were swallowed by Site 13? (laughs) You silly, silly, out-of-place boy. Silly little boy. Everything has made its way into Site 13. If the Foundation could find it and the Coalition could catch it, it was fed into the meat grinder down here. Everything. They watched us all if there was nothing to gain. Some got lucky. Bobo got lucky. Stopped in a funny box and experimented uh, to see what sounds we made when we wanted to die. Others were not so lucky. They burned the library, you know. Held it upside down like a can of soup and let the contents run out into the furnace and burned the whole place up. They did other things too, worse things. Dr. Anderson liked it. He watched it all, every time.
3: What worse
0: things? The unidentified figure approaches the camera and comes fully into view. Illuminated by the red light, a significant portion of its body is distorted by video static that moves as it moves. The static appears to be cutting into the tissue of the figure's body creating large lacerations that ooze a dark yellow fluid. As it moves, the figure appears to be sloughing off large portions of its mass, which are replaced by static. Half of its face sloughs off as it nears the camera, and one eye becomes shrouded in static.
7: Every
4: worse thing. Chief, we're picking up something on the radio. I think it's a survivor signal. We must be getting close.
3: All right, let's keep moving.
4: Have fun, boys. Have fun, let the duck bite! <laughs> <laughs>
8: if you see Dr. Dr. Emerson oh, down
0: there, oh, tell him bottle oh, the clown says hi. AP-3 team passes out of the telecommunication room and into the main hallway. Following the strength of a signal discovered by AP-3 Vigo, they near an area that appears to be a cryogenic containment unit. Similar to those utilized in the defunct cryogenic Y wings of Site 19. As they pass through this area, Command loses signal of each member of the team, with only intermittent static being broadcast. This continues for 30 minutes before a signal is received again.
4: Command, Command, are you there? Do you, do you read me? Houston, we read you. Are you alright? Is everyone alright? Oh shit, thank God. We've been trying to read you forever. Yeah, we found the survivors. They're holed up down here and... I don't know what you'd call this place, but it's not conducive to habitation. We're looking at 20, maybe 30 people. We found some other agents of ours, too. A few mole rats and a guy from the Travelers. They all ended up down here.
5: Are you prepared to evac? Uh,
4: yeah. So... that's not going to happen the way I think we want it to. Not currently. It's a whole lot worse than we anticipated, Command. I don't know how they ever locked some of this stuff up, but suffice to say that every single containment cell is broken open. And this shit is real. Like, really real. We keep hearing things down the hallways nearby. I think whatever is out there is looking for us. I think they're angry. If they find us, we don't have the bullets to keep them down. Let alone get these people out Where is Ross? He's been trying to get some defenses ready with the others In case they come tonight It's not looking good, you know I don't know if you guys have a backup plan But we'll take any ideas
5: How long have you been down there?
4: Uh, maybe Three days?
5: Affirmative Apollo 3 team, be advised that we are activating and inserting Tau 5 for rescue and recovery
4: Fuck yes Tell them to hurry
0: Hey everyone, it's Pacific here with a quick ad break. And a reminder, if you hate ads and you'd rather listen uninterrupted, consider supporting us on patreon.com slash underscore pod, where you can get intro and ad free episodes and bonus content. And now, a word from our sponsors. Thanks for listening, and now, back to this week's episode.
2: Recovery Log 1 Team Mobile Task Force Tau 5. Codename Samsara. Assignment Site 13 Personal Recovery. Lead T5 Arantu. Note: The following is audio video logs of the extraction recovery mission carried out by the members of Mobile Task Force Tau 5 Sam Serum, after contact by MTF AP 3 Game Wardens with human survivors within SCP 1730. The AP-3 team had requested assistance in extracting survivors due to the large number of hostile entities within the site. Each member of MTF Tau-5 was outfitted with a number of cybernetic enhancement per the specifications of their design, including arm-mounted incendiary cannons, shock-absorbing leg extensions, heat-resistant plating, built-in scrambled adaptations within the eyes, and others. Tau-5's insertion point was a drainage gate near the secondary entrance that the AP-3 team had inserted through.
7: We're plugged in. Site command, do you read me? We do. 60 seconds to insertion.
6: So, how dangerous should this mission be considered?
1: Not a single
7: person they've sent in there has come out yet.
6: Acknowledged. This should be engaging.
7: Team, check your optics. The last thing we need is somebody succumbing to a memetic hazard.
6: Understood. I'm good. Also good. I'm good.
7: Good. Remember, all we're looking to do here is extract the survivors. We're not attempting to contain anything. So if you see something nasty, put it down.
6: As always.
7: (laughs) I don't need to be convinced. Team, you are 30
5: seconds to insertion. 10 seconds to insertion. Five. You are cleared to begin extraction and recovery.
7: Let's go.
0: T5 team enters SCP-1730 through a drainage gate under the secondary office structure. Each team member activates their shoulder-mounted lamp, illuminating the tunnel. After a short time, the team reaches another gate. Several large drainage pipes are visible behind the gate.
1: Look! Up against the gate.
7: Bodies.
6: These look... very burned. Where do you think they came from?
7: Hard to say. I can't imagine they would have made it far in this condition. There's an incinerator near here, right? Near that body pit we keep hearing about? Maybe they came from there.
6: An incinerator?
7: As good a place to start as any. Let's get into those pipes there.
0: T5 team cuts through the gate and scales the wall behind it to the largest of three drainage pipes. Team continues on foot for a short time.
8: The temperature is rising.
7: I noticed it as well. We
1: must be getting close. We're descending right now, too. This is strange. Shouldn't a drainage pipe run out, not in?
6: Maybe. Maybe it's affected by the topographical abnormalities. Likely. too.
8: the wall is weak here. I can hear echoing on the other side of it.
7: What's over there?
8: Hang on. A
6: hallway, I think?
7: I see. Alright, we'll split up here. Munru, you and Nanku see where this tunnel lets out. Anru and I will go through this wall and see what's on the other side.
6: And if we get killed?
7: Don't get
0: killed. Understood? T5 team splits up, with T5, Nanku, and Munru following the drainage pipe towards the source of the heat and t5 irantu and anru going through the thin wall to the hallway beyond irantu and anru managed to break down the concrete wall between the drainage pipe and the hallway beyond within the hallway are several bare offices barely lit by dim overhead lights the entire area appears to have been abandoned for some time I ran to and anru look for an elevator or stair access but find nothing. After a short time, Anru finds a door that opens into a control room. A large glass observation window is obscured by some dark material. Many of the controls in this room have been destroyed.
8: This is the control room for the incinerator. See? It says Incinerator 1 over there. And below it, it says Body Pit Access Below.
7: I've never heard of a furnace that needed its own control room. What's blocking the window there? Blast shields?
8: No. No. These are bodies. And garbage, refuse. Congealed and coagulated. Look. You can see faces.
7: I see it. Our intel said that one of the engineers had blocked up the drainage pipes out of here. Nanku and Munru are probably going to run into that. I wonder if there's another way down from here. I thought we'd be able to go down through the incinerator. Hang on.
0: Anru proceeds to look over the controls of the relatively undamaged controller near the observation window. As they do, Nanku and Munru appear at the door.
1: It's blocked. Something has turned the end of that pipe into slag. We tried to punch through it, but it's
7: too damn thick.
6: I broke my hand on it, look. It was broken, I mean.
7: Quiet. Onru is looking
6: for
0: something. Got it. Onru throws a large switch and turns several nearby knobs. There is an immense groaning sound, and the mass in front of the window begins to spin slowly. There is a jolt, as if something has broken free, and the mass begins to spin rapidly and slowly descend. There is the distinct sound of a turbine spooling up. The team's internal temperature gauge begins to register a steady increase in heat.
1: It's dropping. Look down there. See?
0: The mass has cleared the window, revealing a massive cylindrical chamber on either side, at least 300 meters in diameter and roughly 400 meters deep. At the center of the chamber is a massive shaft extending the full height of the chamber, attached to several large turbines. As the turbines spin, the matter within the chamber is turned into a slurry. Near the top of the chamber are several pilot lights. Large holes are present around the outside of the chamber.
8: Alright, and then?
0: Anru throws another switch, and the pilot lights are ignited. Enormous streaks of fire cascade down from the ceiling of the chamber, scorching the mass below. Additional jets of flame begin to emit from the walls of the chamber.
7: Look, down near the bottom... There's a sluice gate that looks like it's leading away from here. Can you get that door open?
1: Got it. Excellent. Though I still don't know how you think we're going to get in there. The pipe is blocked.
0: Nanku extends their arm, and fires several rounds from a wrist-mounted projectile weapon at the glass window in front of them. The glass cracks and shatters, exposing the room around them to the heat of the chamber.
6: Straightforward. One does what one can.
0: The team enters the incinerator, and jumps down onto the ledge below, near another drainage pipe. They can make their way through the vast chamber, avoiding the spinning blades and ever descending biological slurry around them.
1: Something unpleasant took place here. Oh? Yes. All this has to be draining somewhere. Likely out below us,
7: through one of these fissures. We don't have time to find out. We'll follow this pipe down and see where it goes.
0: The team enters the open door and descends down the drainage pipe a short distance, before it empties into a large cistern. The team enters the cistern, which is lit from above by a large, glowing, plant-like structure.
6: Interesting. What do you think that is? I... I don't know.
0: At the sound of their voices, the glowing structure begins to shake slowly, and thousands of glowing, spinning pods are released from its body. As they fall, they brightly illuminate the entire chamber. Look, the shadows. The glowing pods create vaguely humanoid shadows on the walls of the cistern, which act in an anomalous manner. These shadows appear to reach their hands up, or forward, as if towards the team. As the pods reach the slurry below, they extinguish, and the shadows disappear.
2: Alright,
1: which way do we go? This is a drainage pipe, leading away from the incinerator. The incinerator is underneath the power station, which is to the east of the compound. So far, as we can tell, we need to go northwest from there. So... hang on. Look over there. At what? At the wall. Something is...
7: seeping through it.
1: Was that there before?
8: No.
7: It's black, and shiny, and definitely seeping. Something is pushing through.
6: What does that mean? What is it, drainage?
1: Unlikely. It's probably runoff from the reactor, or- No,
6: it's blood.
8: It's leeches. What? Look.
0: Anru points at a spot on the wall, illuminated by their shoulder-mounted lamps. At that point, a thick flow of black fluid is seeping between a crack in the wall, and something small is wriggling within the crack. The team zooms in on the spot, revealing a small, writhing leech pushing its way through the spot. It breaks through and falls to the ground.
6: Huh. It's a leech. What does that mean?
1: Nothing good.
0: The small leech moves towards the biological slurry at their feet and begins to ingest it. As it does, the leech slowly begins to grow in size.
8: More of them. In the wall. There. Pushing through.
0: The team looks back towards the wall, where several sprouts of black fluid are beginning to pour through various cracks along its surface. Several more small leeches are squirming through these cracks.
7: Onru, what do you see?
8: There's something below us. It's huge, covered in other people's blood, reaching up towards us. These are like fingers. They all communicate back to the host. Bring me a leech. What? You're kidding. No, bring me one. They're telepathic. They're communicating that way. I... I need a leech.
0: to moves across the room before grabbing a leech off the ground. As they pull it away from the liquid, it struggles and squirms, biting several large chunks out of their hand. Peculiar.
5: Here.
8: Alright, one moment.
0: Andrew extends their hand towards the leech, which opens up to reveal a series of long, delicate, metallic rods with pointed tips. They maneuvered the rods into the flesh of the creature, near the base of the brain.
8: There. Let's see. They heard the incinerator activate. They're hungry. They're coming up here to eat. A lot of them. The host is down below us, but I can't see that far down. If I look at the neural activity of the entire network of entities, I I can map out the areas they're in. Let me see if I can do something with that. Um, uh, there, there we go. You should all have it in your retinas now.
7: Clever.
6: So we're looking at a map? It seems too distorted to be a map. Ongoing topographical changes.
8: Means that, uh, despite the changes in the structure of the site, it's all still located within our local reality. It's just unstable
1: we know where this Thresher device is?
8: Probably something to do with this section here. If you follow a logical structural design plan based on the evidence provided in this map, there should be a whole extra wing here. But there aren't any of the leeches down that way. Yes. I can see Conduit running to that area. That... that's where the Thresher machine is.
7: What about our recovery?
8: This area here. Several corridors lead to a large research wing, but most of them have been blocked off. Every now and then, one of the ends of the network goes dark here. The survivors are in there.
7: What's the fastest way in, from where we're at now?
8: Three paths to choose from, each with different potential hazards. The first takes us further down this pipeline, until we reach a waste treatment facility within the plant. This is the longest route, but from that facility, it's a fairly direct shot towards the survivors. The second path drops us into another cistern below this, which leads directly to this large chamber here. The leech is in there. I can hear it right now. It's... wondering why this one hasn't come back.
7: And the third?
8: The third route takes us through this area here, which... I can hear the leeches as they move around the site. They're noisy, uncoordinated, acting on impulse and without much... finesse. But in this area, they're all very quiet. They go in and out for... something, but they do it very, very quietly. Look at this leech! It's the size of a cat already!
1: Are there any other entities in there?
8: I can't tell. The leeches follow a single path in and a single path out. They don't stray from it and they don't look around.
7: Which is the fastest path?
8: The last one is the fastest. We follow this tunnel towards a service door and follow a staircase towards the bottom. Once we're there, there's another hallway off to the left that takes us past that area, or through it, maybe? And on the other side is the back entrance to our research wing.
7: All right. That's the one we'll take, then.
6: Shame. Here I thought we'd be shooting leeches.
7: You'll have plenty of chances to on our way out, I'm sure. We need to get those people out quickly. Onru, does it feel to you like the leeches are trying to get into the wing where the survivors are?
8: Yes. There's plenty of blood in this site, but not all of it is still warm. They'll be coming for them soon.
0: Team leaves Cistern and follows Drainage Pipe West. Eventually, the team reaches a service door, lit by a single flickering lamp.
1: There's something written on this door.
7: Blood.
6: Here on the wall, too. Look. What's it written in? Wait. Look.
0: Anru amplifies their shoulder-mounted spotlight illuminating the entire wall of the tunnel. The word blood is repeated over and over, scrawled across the surface of the wall in a thick, black substance. Anru turns left, illuminating several desiccated corpses in a corner at the end of the tunnel, all of which are covered and seeping the same fluid.
6: Unsettling.
7: Come on, don't waste time.
0: The team enters the service door, revealing a partial staircase. The stairs above them are intact, but the stairs below have been destroyed. The walls of the stairwell are coated in cracks, through which seeps the black fluid. Munru lights a flare and drops it. The team watches it fall. After a short time, the flare lands with a slight splash, revealing the floor below.
6: How large is this
8: site? Site 19 has at least 50 underground floors and no fewer than 80 individual wings. Considering what we know about Site 13... It's likely that there are at least twice as many of each, if not more. The Euclid-class containment cells alone are as large
1: as the entirety of Site-81. Which means there could be worse things down there that
7: nobody has seen yet. It's almost a certainty.
0: I ran two leaps from the landing and lands near the flare. Their implants absorbing the majority of the impact. The rest of the team follows suit. At the bottom of the stairwell is another door into a hallway, and the team enters it.
7: Where to now?
8: About 200 meters down this hallway on the right. There are several security doors, but I think they've all been disabled. Through there is, um, I think it's a data storage center. It's big and lined with vents that lead to the cooling towers at the surface.
1: Where do the leeches start acting strange? In there. Wonderful.
0: T moves down the hallway. As they pass, they check each door to see if they are locked. Most doors lead to network maintenance areas though notably one door leads to the telecommunication room previously visited by AP-3 team. One screen on the far wall appears to have been busted from the inside out.
6: Look here. This is the door to the server area.
7: What's that door there? It's marked as stairs to cryonics. If I had to guess, I'd say it probably goes up to the next levels. And it's seated right on top of this room. Acts as an insulation for the data center. Can we go through it? Which way's faster, Enru?
8: The only way I can see is through the server room. There weren't any leeches up there. That is... very strange. There's certainly plenty of access points to that room. Very strange.
7: Through the server room, then. Come on.
0: Team enters through the door of the server room. They pass through several more security doors, all of which are unlocked. As they do so, the external temperature drops severely and stays steady at roughly negative 20 degrees celsius. I ran two motions for the team to activate their internal heating coils, protecting their internal organs from damage due to exposure. As the team proceeds down the hallway into the server room, T5 Nanku scramble optical implant begins to activate, signaling that an anomalous memetic is being filtered out. However. T5 Nanku had previously disabled the visual cue for the warning on their optical overlay, instead relying on the audio cue that accompanied the implant. The audio warning does not trigger at all. It is not until the team enters the primary server room that T5 Anru realizes that no sound is audible at all. Regardless of the source, thinking at first that it might be their auditory implant, Anru removes the implant and restarts it. But after establishing that it is functioning properly, They attempt to communicate this with Irantu. Irantu motions for the team to hold and attempts to discern the source of the anomalous influence. As they do, every other team member receives the warning that their scramble filters are being triggered. Munru motions towards the door they entered through, but Irantu motions towards the back of the server area, towards the research wing. It is during this silent discussion that Nanku first notices movement across the large room. Motioning for their teammates to stay still, each team member begins to hear a quiet whining noise which slowly grows in intensity as they huddle up munro notices riding on one of the server racks Rin in black fluid that says silence and then don't look they motion towards the rack and the team acknowledges it i ran motions for the team to move towards the far wall as they slowly proceed between the server racks towards the back exit suddenly Anru catches a momentary glimpse of a large entity across the room and stops their teammates from advancing. They look around the corner and see the entity again as it comes back into view. The entity is a massive, multi-limbed figure. The primary structure of the entity is a floating, cross-legged humanoid construct with 6 legs, 18 arms, and 36 forearms attached to 72 hands. Each limb moves independently gesturing and posing in constant, sudden, jerking movements. The entity does not have a head, but instead has a large, flat, circular structure attached to its upper chest that is covered in a large number of symbols and glyphs, which glow with bright white light against the entity's dark, grey-brown skin. On each of the entity's arms are a gold band attached to a chain which drags against the ground when not being pulled around by one of the entity's gestures. The golden bands are etched with glyphs later identified as being powerful, anti-kineto hazards. Although, the chains are broken and the anti-kineto hazards are inactive. Most notably, a single, severely emaciated, severely charred human figure is bound to the flat circular structure of the entity's head. This figure twists against its restraints and appears to be screaming, likely the whining sound heard through the entity's muting kineto hazard. As the entity performs its gestures, the glyphs on its hand illuminate rapidly, often causing burns where the human skin comes into contact with them, creating further distress and increasing the volume of the whining. T5 Anru also notices that the same aspect of the entity is creating a severe malfunction in their optical implants, singeing the circles responsible for handling the scramble calculations. Anru looks away, ejecting the implants before they damage their retinas and motion to the rest of Tau-5 team to not look at the entity directly. The team acknowledges, and they continue to move forward. Suddenly, the whining becomes dramatically louder, and begins to draw closer towards the team. Munru drops a proximity mine from his pack, and then another a short distance away. As they flee away from the entity, streaks of blue electricity begin to arc between the server rack, and the ground beneath them begins to shift, as if it was made of sand. As Nanku threatens to fall into the ground, there is a muffled wave of pressure behind them as the first proximity mine detonates, and the ground solidifies. The team turns a corner, and the back entrance of the room comes into view. Above them, they can see a hole in the ceiling exposing the cryogenics laboratory, and briefly, a complicated containment cell is visible. Though it is thoroughly destroyed, the team moves swiftly towards the door as white-hot glyphs begin to appear on the ground beneath them, and in the air around them. The team manages to duck and weave through the symbols, but T5 Nanku catches their left arm on a glyph in the air, and it bursts into flames. Irantu, having seen this from their position behind Nanku, fires their weapon at Nanku's shoulder, removing the arm. It falls to the ground and explodes into a cinder. Munru reaches the door first and throws it open, and Anru follows immediately afterwards. Nanku stumbles through, collapsing on the other side, and Irantu comes up last. Just before closing the door, Irantu turns to look at the entity closing in behind them, which at this point was barely visible in a blur of gestures, fiery glyphs, and an inhuman whine. As the door swings closed, Irantu zooms in on the humanoid figure strapped to the entity's head, enough to see the word Emerson seared into the flesh of the figure, as if from a melted patch of fabric. Irantu slams the door closed and immediately ejects their optical implants. The team rushes down the corridor away from the security door, and slowly, the sound of footsteps can be heard around them. They reach a large open space in between several hallways, and stop to catch their breath.
1: I... I don't believe i know how to respond to whatever that was. What was that?
7: I have no idea. I've never seen anything like it.
8: There was a human strapped
6: to its head. Did you see that? (sighs) I did. I think it was shouting. I'll likely miss that arm later.
7: You'll be alright. Just be careful.
6: Like I needed it anyway. I've got another. Besides,
0: Nanku swings their shoulder-mounted flamethrower to their left shoulder and detaches it so it hangs below where their missing arm should be.
6: What was I really gonna use that arm for, anyway?
7: Noted. Everybody alright? No worse for wear.
6: I'm fine. I'm alright, too. We're here.
0: The team turns to the hallway to their immediate east, which has been barricaded and filled with a substantial amount of explosives and incendiary equipment.
7: Good. Hello? This is Tau-5 Arantu. Is anyone there? We're here to get you out. Hello? Maybe... we're too late. We're not too late. Hello? Is anyone out there? Can you-
0: A <laughs> face can be seen in the space between the crate and the wall.
7: <laughs> Captain.
5: New connection to local transmission network. Zeta-9 Mole Rats. Captain Hollis.
3: Oh boy. The goddamn Power Rangers. They told me about you. You look like you've been hit by a train.
1: Something like that.
3: Well, come on then. We don't
8: have much time left.
0: T moves towards the opening in the crates. As Munru and Nanku pass through, Anru pauses. Irantu notices this and turns to look.
8: Irantu, look. Bitches.
0: Black cracks had begun to form on the walls of the atrium behind them and wriggling black leeches start to fall out of them, accompanied by a thick, viscous fluid. Ah. This episode was possible thanks to our patrons. Patrons like... Chelsea Dalrymple Alexander Midboss42 Kate Lenz, Poe Plays, Ash Gabadon, Dot the Stream Sniper, Sean Joy, Be of Awesome, Fly Purgatorio, Levine Family, Operative Ghostfire, Eddie Gattett, Kdeb77, Boitra Vlad, Daryl Schnell, Jeffrey Sale, Megan Pecknev, Ketchat McDaniel, Inspector Giverts, Kenny Anderson, CSM Manley, Angezika, Trevor Hughes, Richard Gray, and STFU Donnie NPC. Thanks, guys. Your support means the world. SCP-1730 was written by DJ Cactus. Our narrator was John Grills. AP-3 Ross was Jesse Hall. AP-3 Vigo was Daisy McNamara. AP-3 Houston was Jack Burford. AP-3 Hollow was Celeste Cassion. Site Command was Fletcher Armstrong. Bobble the Clown was Nicole Goodnight. T-5 Irantu was Atticus Jackson. T-5 Onru was Nicole Goodnight. T-5 Munru was David Collins. And T-5 Nanku was Addison Peacock with additional narration by me Pacific s Obadiah the new guy is Danny Sweet our script curator is Jesse Hall music is done by the incredible Tom Rory Parsons and I'm your showrunner and sound designer Pacific s Obadiah our producers are Tom Owen and Brad Miska and this is a bloody disgusting production for more information visit scparchives.com.